<laughs> second I hit live, I have to yawn. <laughs> uh, get all in and our Okay. It's not even coming now. Like, talking about it, it just, like, stopped it from even existing. So, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Loose Cannon Show. This week, we are going to be talking about Legacy's Lament. And as I was, um, because we put them in the Google Doc, as I was doing this Google Doc, I kind of was reading it, and I was like, wait a second. You should probably have done your friend uh, Mika Abrams first. Hmm. Cause it actually, cause this is kind of like the end of it all, and your friend Mika Abrams happens in the middle of it all, and I was like, ah, oh, damn it! But uh, you know, we 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 already have these notes, so we'll just <laughs> we'll do Mika Abrams next week, and <laughs> we'll fix it. It's kind of it, you know what though, because it it's kind of how the co- community got it anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Because uh, Mika Abrams was uh, the Penguins, and that was uh, locked out weekly. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan yeah, of that yeah. most of the time. It, I mean, sometimes it works because it's like it's the lore book, right? Like, like this season we had um, the Glycon one. I forgot what it was called. Uh, Whatever it was, but like getting that once a week was like, yeah, okay, we're getting it once a week because it's a unveiling story type of deal. But yeah, right. How was uh, how's your week been? Sorry, I'm so tired today. I don't know why. No worries, man. I think we're all kind of tired right now. I, you know, it's funny because for the last two weeks, it seems like the whole world just to seem the step on the gas, you know. It's like uh, things are ramping up everywhere out there. I've been extremely busy with work all week. It's just crazy. Yeah. Seems like everybody wants to go out shopping, buying, mm-hmm. using stuff, breaking things. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was just out like all day yesterday. Just like, like I told you, I was just I was just riding around in a car reading comics all day because I was just from one place to another. <laughs> oh, the life. Yeah. But I'm excited to uh, talk about this. I'm excited for the next season. That's that's coming in a few weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Probably next show will be in the middle of the next. Uh, we'll be starting the next. Yeah, like the next show will probably. I think I think the season starts on May 11th and our next show would be May 9th. So it's like perfectly before the season. Yeah. It and is. then. Uh, if if that's if that's if that's all correct, then on like the twenty third, we can we can do like a first impressions episode. Yeah, That'd be cool. That'll work out nice. Uh, so do you have a uh, lore card for this week? I'm not yeah. sure which one it was. Yeah, it's right here in the Discord notes. Oh, which one were you gonna read? I was gonna put it on screen. Oh, uh, I was gonna do brass attacks. Brass attacks. Okay. That, like far down there. Oh, there it is. I got it. All right. Well, why don't we uh, kick off the lore card? And while you're reading that, I actually will be right back. Yeah, yeah. So this week's um, lore card is called Brass Attack. Um, basically, it's a play on words. <clears throat> the cool thing about it is, if you're if you're thinking or relating it to Destiny, 
it, it kind of goes with the season's expansion that we've got right now, where, um, you know, we're in the middle of proving grounds. Uh, we've got the strike, we've got Kyle, we've got all of these uh, football foes that we're, we're fighting with. So brass attacks, the play on words, it means uh, it comes from get down to brass tacks. Right, so tax as in T-A-C-K-S, uh, which is an expression meaning to engage with the basic facts or realities of a situation. Um, it was thought to have originated in Texas from the usage of brass nails or tacks in a coffin making and or furniture and clothes making trades from the 1800s, um, but it, it's kind of debated. So this expression was used a lot in the early 1800s, but it really didn't take off until like later. Um, the popular American expression, get down to brass tacks, started, you know, started coming around the time when, you know, wartime would come around. So it was, it was traded around the world because it was a lot of engagement with other countries. Um, the origin is still disputed. Some popular beliefs are that they refer to the brass tacks that were used to hold down fabrics or leather on chairs. So if you ever look at like leather chairs, you see where the seams are. There's a bunch of little brass tacks that run along the seams for furniture. And so some, some people think that that's where this expression originated from. Uh, but people have investigated this <laughs> thoroughly and they debate its origin. So there's another, um, there's another reasoning for it. And they believe that the origin was from the uses of, of brass. Rana. I uh, think Rhino is having some audio issues right now. I, th I think he was actually having them at the start a little bit as well. I'm going to put this back on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say now. Uh, I will message him quickly, and uh, I guess I'll just start getting into it. Just talk about the the book a little bit. Uh, but if he can't come back, we'd have to delay the show. <clears throat> uh, so to 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 cut him off uh, this week, we are talking about. The Lorebook Legacies Lament, which, uh, to be honest, I forgot how you even got this book. It's it's all about uh, the leg, the Lament Sword, which is everyone's favorite anti-barrier exotic sword, the whole chainsaw and everything. And uh, so it it takes place after the collector's editions and the secret lores and all that. Uh, it takes place all after that when uh, everything starts going wrong with uh, everything happening on Europa. And so <clears throat> the first entry is called Recovered Memory When One. And so each entry is actually a recovered memory from an EXO. And based on the terminology, I want to actually ask Rhino this. It sounds like each one of them died. And I know some of them died throughout the story. That's just how it goes. Yep, just me now. <laughs> God. Some of them died. That's just how it goes. 
Uh, but so it's kind of ambiguous as well. And yeah, he, he's just saying what happened. I guess it just, he just realized he was, he was just going on with his, um, (laughs) his, his look card, unfortunately. Uh, so in the first entry, uh, when one, uh, a, a summary of it is while LC2 is out fighting the Vex, Clovis, the Clovis AI commands Wen 1 to begin the awakening protocol of Clovis 1. However, before Clovis 1 learns who they are, LC2 comes back and interrupts the Clovis AI. Clovis AI suggests using Warmind signals to lure the Vex off Europa, but that would only send them to the rest of the system. Obviously, LC is against it, but the Clovis AI doesn't care. He, he, he thinks... Earth is a uh, casualty worth the risk of uh, exo-life. And so that's that's been a, a theme for a while with Clovis. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. I'm so paranoid that the camera is going to cut out. Uh and so that's been a theme for a while with Clovis, and there's a few interesting bits in this in this entry as well. So when the Awakening Protocol goes on, uh, when one's kind of reminiscing about how when they woke up, it's and so it says, okay, okay, I trigger the Awakening Protocol. The Exo's eyes light up. It's confused. I remember that feeling. Who am I? Where am I? Where'd my skin go? At least we woke up with protocols in place, and then this guy's entering a war zone can't be present pleasant and it's it's funny how when x when Clovis won when eventually banshee first woke up he he's kind of like the first guardian he has no memories he doesn't know what's going on he doesn't know who he is, and it's just war here's a gun let's get going let's get fighting and uh later on. It actually says uh, when he's he's uh, learning about how there's people at risk and everything, instead of staying behind uh, because he hasn't gone through his initiation protocols, he doesn't really know how to fight or anything yet. Those are things that are taught to the EXO early on. He actually says, if there are lives to be saved, that's where I need to be. And like that's very Guardian mentality as well. And hello, Rhino, are you back? I'm back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I didn't want to just like cut it right there, so I just I just jumped into the book <laughs> to try to I don't salvage know, I don't it. Know what happened? That was insane. I was in the middle of talking to the lower card, and all of a sudden, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. You you got quiet for a second. I was I was, I was listening along. You just got quiet for a second, and I was like, Rhino, you there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. Well, let's uh, let's uh finish up this this lore entry, and then if you yeah. want, we can go back to the lore card. Uh, so I was just talking about the first entry, recovered memory when one, and one thing I actually wanted to ask you is, these are all recovered memories of Exos, and uh, it seems like if it's a recovered memory of an Exo, that kind of implies that the Exo is no longer alive, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's kind of how I, I saw it. Yeah, because I know, like, as the book goes on, there's, like, Hector, Hector, whatever, he definitely dies. This person def- definitely dies. Like, they, they they announce that they have died, you know? But yeah. most of them are just kind of, like, ambiguous endings, and it's like, okay, well, I don't know what happened to them. 
And, uh, but so, as I said, this is the entry where Clovis's plan to survive the Vex, uh, the Vex attack on Europa was basically to pull the Arecibo mission where Rasputin was able to send a signal into the Vex and control them and, uh, do that and then send them off of Europa and, if you were to send them off of Europa, where would they go? Well, they would go, apparently, to Nessus, to Mercury, to Mars, and Venus. Elsie actually says that they would go to Earth, but for whatever reason, it seems like they just skipped over Earth. Yeah, that's a little odd. Like, they would go on... Because Nessus was fully converted during the Golden Age, because that's how the Exodus Black crashed onto it. Mercury was converted during the Collapse... Mars and Venus were in conversion during D1. So, it's like, they left Europa. They left Europa in the Golden Age. They were kept a secret from everyone. Because the only planet they were apparently working on at the time was Nessus. But, as soon as the collapse hit, they jumped from Nessus all the way to Mercury. And it's like, that's a leap. You know, there's a lot of places in between that you could have gone. Right. And Io, like, right? They were on Io. Unless it's some sort of like portal thing, you know. I'm what sorry. What? The, no, I was just saying. Unless it's some sort of like portal thing. Ah, yeah, maybe. Like the, like the nexus point between planetary traveling has to do with some sort of um, like this is connected here, this is connected here. Hmm. Remember, remember. Okay. Oh, there's the uh, crucible map. Mm-hmm. This probably has nothing to do with it, but the shores of time, and then there's the Nessus version, which is like exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And then there was the idea that, uh, like, somehow the the Vex portals were tied to one another, or or that's how they traveled from one instance to another, and they were able to like show up here, or there, whatever. It, like, let's say, pre- pretend for a second. What if the Vex were fin- or, you know, finishing up their conversion of Nessus, but that portal opened up, allowing them to escape to Venus. Because they end up on Venus, right? Yeah, they, they were on Venus, they were on Io, they were on Mars, and they were on Mercury. And maybe they were on Earth and we just never saw them. You know, it's entirely possible that, that they were on every planet. They were, they were on the moon, but at That's what true. point did they build that gate on the moon? You know, like... So maybe they were on Earth. Maybe maybe that portal's been there to the Black Garden's been there for so long, you know? And and that's another one. There there's the shores of time, it's on Nessus and it's on Venus. There's the Pyramidian, there's one on Io, there's one on Mars. And I remember we thought there was one on Nessus, but it doesn't actually look like a Pyramidian when we actually got to it. And then there's the Black sure. Garden Gate, there's one on Mars, and there's one on the Moon. And you know, who knows how many other ones there are. There can be any number of them all around. You know, we found them in the, um, the, the, oh, what is it called? The OST off world, OWST off world transit system. Mm-hmm. OSWT. Uh, yeah. It is, I'm wondering if, uh, somehow that's connected. Well, I mean, Clovis seemed uh, okay with using Vex technology, so it it definitely seems possible that if there is a train that is supposed to be off-world transit, that it's using Vex technology to do that. Yeah, that's crazy. Think of that. (laughs) It's insane. 
That's scary. I just said I heard something. I'm sorry. Um, so I think what you might be thinking of, though, is I actually have said, I'm not sure if I've ever said it on the show, that like maybe this is what building fourth dimensionally looks like. Because the Vex are a fourth dimensional creature. You know, they exist outside of time. They don't, it was called time is a river and Vex are the birds flying above it. You know, we're the fish in the river. We exist within time. And the Vex can just go up and down the river whenever they want and they can pull out the fish they want, you know, and they can dive in here and they can come out there and they can dive in further down and do whatever the hell they want to do. And so right. I was just kind of like wondering aloud because I don't know if there's any science to, to back this or if anyone's even bothered to think about it, but like if you were to build something fourth dimensionally, what does that actually look like in the, in the three dimensional world? And I was thinking maybe it could be identical copies of the same uh structure because if the galaxy is always moving at the you know like the the sun is actually propelling through the universe and the galaxy is just spiraling around it it's like so that's time right there right so at one point there was a structure on venus here and then what if kind of like a syzygy at another point it lines up perfectly but now it's on nessus and it's like yeah. okay, so it's yeah, built fourth good, dimensionally. That's a good idea. You know, there there's um there are actually there are actual thought experiments and there's true science behind uh, how how would a third dimensional being perceive a fourth dimensional happening yeah. in reality, whatever. Yeah. So um the easiest way to explain it, um I'm just gonna kinda pull this out of my butt in memory because I don't have it in front of me, but watch interstellar <laughs> no uh, uh neil degrasse tyson did a good explanation on this and you might want to look it up everybody out there to get a better idea of it than i can explain but it there was a thought experiment and it basically is if you can imagine yourself as a three-dimensional being and how you would explain your three-dimensional reality to a two-dimensional being what would that look like so you draw a character on a piece of paper right Okay. Now, now you're three dimensional. That character that lives on a two dimensional plane, which is that piece of paper, doesn't know what you you look like. He can't see anything that you do because you live in a different reality. Now, if you want to show that character a sphere, what would it look like? So, if you're a two two dimensional being living on a sheet of paper, you can't see a sphere. So, how do you show a two dimensional being? on a piece of paper, what a sphere looks like. Well, you start with a dot. And then that dot, as it enters his reality, becomes a ring. And that ring gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller again. And then it's a dot again, and it disappears. Now that makes no sense, right? Yeah. Okay, but to a two-dimensional uh, figure living in a two-dimensional world, that's all he can perceive. So if we're a three-dimensional being living in a three-dimensional reality, a fourth dimension, would it make sense to us? We couldn't perceive what that would look like. Yeah. So <laughs> the best way to explain uh, a three-dimension or fourth-dimensional reality to a third, three, third-dimensional living being is that anything that you can perceive or see 
your reality would be pocketed in another uh, reality. So it's like having all of your files on a computer be contained within a hard drive, right? Okay. Now, in order for that hard drive to take more stuff, you've got to put more, you've got to put more hard drives out there, right? Well, these hard drives are the fourth dimension. So those hard drives are holding all of those pockets of stuff that you're trying to take from your reality and put into another dimension. So if you wanted to, you know, have an unlimited amount of whatever, you would have to remove it from your reality and put it in a fourth dimension. And it would almost be like a pocket universe, a storage that has infinite capabilities for your information, because all you can perceive is what is around you. So anything else that you would perceive would be beyond, would be beyond your capability and you would have to store it in an infinite storage system, such as a fourth dimension. And now that doesn't make any sense either. No. But that's because you're only using the tools that you have available to you, which is in a third dimension. Yeah, but what would the fourth dimension look like? <laughs> you can't perceive it. There's no way. It to you, it would look like yeah. it to you, it would look like um just things popping in and out of existence. Such as the Vex popping in and out of existence. So when I think of the Vex, if I was to try to somewhat re relate the Vex fourth dimension in our three-dimensional reality, which, you know, it's a game, but the only way that a fourth dimensional being could enter our reality is to abide by the rules and structure our, of our third dimension. And so okay. maybe that fourth dimensional being is doing that by using the embodiment of the machino forms and the creations that they've done to put themselves in our instance. And so they're popping in and out of our own reality. Huh. Get it? No, but it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like it all goes back to the two two-dimensional being that's living on a sheet of paper, right? Yeah. So to you it makes sense. To him, it makes absolutely no sense. But to a fourth dimensional reality, it would make sense to that fourth dimensional being. However, to you, it makes no sense. And so all you see is things popping in and out of existence because you're not a fourth dimensional being. Okay. So this kind of makes me think about that episode of Futurama where Fry wasn't was it the movie? It might have been the movie where Fry went on, on like the, the romantic uh, swan ride at a carnival, except it's the future. So instead of just being a romantic swan ride, they make you two-dimensional. And he's sitting next to a, a, a two-dimensional girl. And when he looks at her, he doesn't see her. He only sees the line because they're two-dimensional yes. sitting next to each other. They, they don't have depth. And I wonder if, if fourth dimension it would feel the same way. It's like you don't have depth. It's weird, you know. I kind of think, I th yeah, I, de I definitely do think they think of us that way. Like we have no depth to them. We are, we are small minded. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have the capacity to to understand, and um, you know, all that good stuff. Maybe the deep. Maybe the deep is uh, fourth dimensional as well whatever they call the Leviathan guy. 
it's too early in the morning to be trying to talk <laughs> about this. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I I bastardized that whole thing. But if you want to look yeah. up, look up uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's explanation on a fourth dimensional. Pretty good. Okay. So, um, do you want to continue with the book, or do you want to go back to brass brass? Uh, uh, brass I don't even attack. know where I was on the brass text, but okay. I can just summarize. Let me just summarize. You it wanted to summarize it really quick? I'll put it back on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be easier. I think I was rambling anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So the idea of brass attacks is basically it's an expression that was used, uh, but how it relates to destiny is we're in the middle of a war with Cabal. Ball. And this battle that's currently coming up is this battle with Kyle and her new, you know, army that she's trying to take on. Um, so brass attacks is a play on words, and it kind of comes from the expression get down to brass tacks. Uh -huh. But what I find really interesting beyond the explanation of this and its origin, which they thought was from coffin nails or furniture clothes tacks used on, on leather furniture, is uh, the lore in this one is really good. Um, if you've read the lore behind Brass Attacks, it is uh, Banshee. So to summarize that lore, because I don't really want to read it to everybody in Borum, um, basically, a frame finds a gun in the rubble somewhere and gives it to Banshee. And Banshee looks at it and he's analyzing, thinking, wow, this is a great gun. And he sees a tiny, tiny inscription on the trigger or the pin for the trigger. And mm -hmm. it says uh, B444C6. And he doesn't remember that this was a gun that he originally was making for Cade 6. Oh. And so it's sad, but, but pretty cool. And uh, he's like, sad. I don't know what that number means. Huh? Must have been something. <laughs> But it's pretty cool because if you think about the totality of the card and what it means, it's like get down to brass tacks, yeah. get down to get down to the basic facts of reality, trying to get back to, you know, we've made a mess. We've got all this crap happening around us, but let's get back to the root of everything. You know, that's where the expression is. Uh -huh. um, but there may be something else going on here because this is one of those weapons that has lichen spores that's what the, yeah you know it has the lichen spores it's got oh the stain. oh the shader yeah yeah yeah, yeah the the kind of uh uh i forgot what the hell that's called the corrosion on the metal for lack of a better word for it but yeah because that's it, gold it like gold shouldn't be able to tarnish like this but here you see it is there it is. Yeah. I need to bring it out. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. you know, maybe there's something, uh, maybe there's an undercurrent of story that's happening and we just haven't made, been made aware of it yet. And hmm. so getting getting down to facts or engage with the facts. <laughs> getting down reality. to the breast attacks. Yeah. Maybe there's something going on there. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe. Okay. But so back to the book, Legacies of Lament. And so that, that's kind of fitting 
uh, that we did that because the second entry in the book actually takes place uh, a month-ish, a few weeks before the first entry. Because the first entry kind of like puts you in shit is hitting the fan right now and the second entry is like going back two weeks before and being like, and this is why. Uh, yeah. And so in the second entry, uh, uh, Elsie leads, Elsie two leads an exo expedition through the glassway gate and she hits a shit hits the fan and, uh, a giant Vex Hydra attacks. And so when I originally read this, I, I thought it was going to be the glassway strike boss. But, uh, so I actually made a note about that, that it was the Glassway Strike Boss, because they describe it as a wraparound shield and stuff, and, uh, I was like, yeah, that's, that's what we see in the Glassway, except it was much bigger than a regular Hydra, and, and, you know, it's all, all the details, except later on in the, in the book, spoiler, they, they, they do destroy it, so unless the Vex brought it back, they just made a second Hydra to, to guard that door. <laughs> Maybe even bigger than the first. Maybe the first was like half the size of the one that we actually fight. And they're like, fine, let's make it fucking bigger. <laughs> That's funny because it seems to be how they learn. I mean, yeah. no, you know, we got wyverns, harpies with legs. <laughs> they're just Derek DeAndre. What if it were bigger? Yeah. <laughs> or Eric. Did I say Derek? Yeah, you said Derek. I meant, I meant Eric. Or Eric Andre. Yeah. My God, I'm fried today. <laughs> It's too many comments. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I <laughs> I read a lot yesterday, so yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you roll the windows down when you're reading. I do. I do, but I sit I sit in the corner over there. You can't see my chair. I have a chair, and I sit in it when I read them. I should put a light behind the chair. <laughs> I, I thought I was losing my vision. I got up at four in the morning and I started reading them and then I went to Barnes and Noble and I got the the rest of the series and then I was just out and about all day and while I was in the car, while I was waiting, just reading it again, continuing reading. Great great Yeah, it is addictive. You'll start and then you'll be like, oh no. But yeah, (laughs) shit hits the fan and uh, Elsie wants to shut it down. Because what do you do when Vex start uh, fighting back? When, so far, they have this portal and they just go in and they shoot some Vex and they collect some Radiolarian fluid and they come back home. What do you do when a giant Vex Hydra comes out? You want to shut it down. Elsie wants to, but she's not allowed to. Because <laughs> she doesn't have control. <laughs> That's only uh, up to... Clovis Bray Sr., the the old man, who's currently in a coma. <laughs> so, great, uh, whatever the word is. Yeah, no great management. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, things did not go well for them, but uh, Entry 3, Recovered Memory Wesley 3, uh, goes back to just after... Clovis one was woken up. So it's, it's jumping back to the, the present. And, uh, 
So summary here, I wrote, uh, Clovis one, not knowing who he is because he still lacks his identity download, starts asking questions about who he is. And Elsie claims that the Clovis AI only wants to control him, but she doesn't. So instead of telling him who he is, she refuses. The Clovis AI begins going through his plan of steering the Vex off of Europa, forcing Elsie to begin hers and destroy Europa, which is actually the second time she's had the plan to destroy Europa to stop the Vex because she's deemed them too dangerous, which Destiny would be a very different game if she'd succeeded either of these times. Yeah, I don't think it would be anything. Because <laughs> this was it. The v- I remember back in like the Taken King when Crota cut the hole in the sort in Crota's throne world and everyone's like, Oh, that's how the Vex came to our system. And I thought that too at first, but then I was like reading it and I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. So this is where they came from. You know, we, we didn't have a timeline back then. We had no idea of what event happened before the other, you know, we thought the, we thought the hive were like always here forever. Hmm. I still think they might have been here for quite a while. Sure. Like I mean, in, they made war moves the moon. and lived short lives, yeah. but now they're, like, living forever. Like, I, I, I just imagine, like, that... Because when the, when the Hive, like, separated, they sent out a bunch of, like, war moons, right? And then there's the whole idea of how the moon was, like, a meteor that crashed on Earth and then it on deflected Earth. and got it, caught in the orbit. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, the moon was a hive war moon. It had a bunch of sleeping hive in it. And then when the traveler came or something, it woke up and yeah, yeah. when the pyramid came, I don't know. I mean, there's a pyramid in the moon. When did that get there? Yeah. Who knows? Did they tell us when it got there? No. Before the golden age. You're going to figure it out right now, aren't you? No. I feel like they I feel like they had an estimate that it was there for a long time. I just don't remember off the top of my head. You know, I can't help but think that it's all related somehow all the way back to the proto hive because originally before Oryx learned how to take, he was looking for a different ship. Mm-hmm. But he he ended up with the ship he got and used that as a storm world instead. But he was looking for um a different ship. So Anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hill, rabbit hole, but <laughs> okay. I can't help but wonder. I can't help but wonder if the darkness ship is one of the things I'm thinking. Of. Well, like I've said before, that when when the hive talk about the deep, the deep that is dark, or whatever they say, however they describe it, they talk about it like it's a place, but it's a person, or it's a place, but it's also a sentient thing, and it was a thing that you can go inside of. And I'm like, well, that's a freaking pyramid ship. Like, Eris sure. went in one, and she got stasis. We went in one, and we got an invitation. You know, like, or in my opinion, Oryx went into a pyramid ship and and learned how to take from it. Sure. It was like, here you go. That's that's kind of where I was thinking. And then you know, you have they keep using the word it, I T <laughs> capitalized all throughout the lore, and that's been in the grimoire originally in D one. Yeah, that's a Rasputin of, thing. Yeah, if you thought of it as an entity instead of just it mm-hmm. the the it entity mm-hmm. capitalized it could be uh you know, part of the clue that they're leaving for the seeds that Bungie likes to grow mm. later on. 
the uh, the next entry is a little bit more sad because the next entry is Recovered Memory Reba Three. Uh, so in here, Elsie leads the p- leads people to a ship to evacuate Europa. Europa. Previous survivors hiding in the law sector bunker E15 were all killed horrifically by the Vex. While moving across Europa, a friend who was erased from Elsie's mind between Elsie 1 and Elsie 2 is shot and killed by the Vex. And that friend was Reba 3. So when she was Elsie 1, she knew Reba. They were friends. They were like good friends. But when Elsie 1 tried to destroy Europa, Clovis killed her and didn't give her all her memories back. Those memories included the memories of Reba 3. So now Reba just has to play along like she's never actually been friends with Elsie. Isn't that, like, terrible? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, you know, she recognizes if she did say anything, it might be yeah. something up. No, exactly. That's exactly what it is. If Reba was like, hey, Elsie, you used to know me, and then your grandfather killed you, <laughs> like, she would get yeah. reset. She would she would get killed, probably. <laughs> Imagine her just, like, eyes rolling back in her head. and then Yeah. It's automatic. Over. Because you know Clovis probably has like some some like work in like that where where if anyone says anything like it's it's like an Alexa it's it's listening to you right oh, reset <laughs> now it's now it's listening to me why everything um but yeah so at the start of the century as well um Reba says Elsie or I mean Doctor Bray just arrived with some bad news. The Clovis AI is sending the Vex off-world. She's got a plan to stop it, but won't pull the trigger until we're all safe. I admire her. And so this is kind of like the difference in mentality be- between Clovis and Elsie, where where Clovis is like, I don't care about human. I don't care about Earth. We have Europa. We're making Exos. Exos are the future. Earth can die. Send the Vex to Earth. And Elsie's like, I'm going to save the 20 people on this planet before... I destroy it to save everyone on earth. Kind of yeah, like that, that hesitation, you know? Yeah. What's that save, save one on the rail. Yeah. Instead of the four. <laughs> it's like y- y- the one, y- because I think what it is specifically with Elsie, it's like you, you have one person tied to the rail track and you're the person that tied them there. Yeah. And you have four people on the other one. And it's like, it, it, it is. Are you going to shift the train over now and try to get the person off the trail, the track before the train comes? Or are you going to let the train potentially hit those other four people while you try to untie them? You know? Right. Oof. That, that is actually the perfect analogy to to explain what must be going through Elsie's uh Elsie's head in this this section of the book. Um also in in this entry, so Reba got shot by a Vex. The Vex attacked them as they were as they were going to the ship. And as she's dying, uh Elsie says, I'll recover your memory bank from the archives, I promise. She says, I doubt it, but if she does manage to get back to the lab, so Reba tells her, Elsie Bank E1815. It's in his office. That's the best I can do for her because it... And then she starts fading away with 
a lot of periods and uh it says it's uh all fading to empty ovaltine snow something like that <laughs> yeah Just, it's all fading to emptiness now emptiness now oh <laughs> that makes more I like sense the oval team. i like the oval team better though that that makes a lot more sense. I thought the last bit there was was snow, but that's yeah. actually no. It's just take away the periods. It's all fading to emptiness now. Yeah, it's just drawn out with a bunch of dots. <laughs> I would be hilarious if they filled in all those dots later somehow, <laughs> and it was something else. It was yeah. It's a completely different like sentence. sentence yeah. Like when you put them in, I don't know if you remember Mad Magazine, you know, and mm-hmm. they had that fold out, you could fold the picture in half and they would mm-hmm. make another picture. Yeah, now, now I'm just debating whether to make a celebrity, celebrity Jeopardy reference or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Emptiness now. I'll just say it like that. Just... <laughs> For to keep it PG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. The the next entry is the recovered memory of Hector Six. So, you know, this is this is a really uh quick book, you know, because it, it's like everything that's happening, you have a timestamp. So this is June third, nine thirty four PM. Uh the one before it was five oh one PM on June 3rd still the one before it was 2 12 PM. You know, this is happening across an evening because they're, they're traversing Europa on foot. It all started at 10 43 AM. And so they're, they're traversing Europa on foot, trying to get away. And I lost my place. There it is. Um, they're trying to get away, you know? And so, uh, in this entry, they made it to the ship, but the Clovis AI has overridden all their comms and demands they don't step foot on the ship. Clovis AI asks the still nameless Clovis One what he will do, and Clovis One claims he will stay if he's told who he was. So the Clovis AI confirms Clovis One's suspicions that he is Clovis One, and he stopped the re- and if Clovis One stops the rest of the Exos from getting on the ship, he would learn everything. Clovis One proceeds to tell the Clovis AI to piss off old man, and the Clovis AI responds by saying, you still refuse to acknowledge your god, so be it, and blows up their ship, killing Hector Six and a few others. Yeah. I don't understand Clovis at times like this. Because there are like moments in his in his his lore where it's like, he has an end goal in sight and he's not afraid to let other people pay the price for that. But he's never been like directly like wrathful, you know? Yeah. Like never, never shown emotion towards any one. Yeah. Like the closest he's ever came was with LC one, but LC one was going to destroy Europa and he had to stop her because he's not an exo yet, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And so like he was able to justify it. And, and and this, like, how do you justify destroying an escape ship with people that are just like, I just don't want to be here anymore, you know? And he doesn't even try to, because it's Clovis AI, I assume. 
he doesn't even try to ju- justify it. I guess it's just a part of that whole uh, the exos can't live here because that'll just mm-hmm. ruin everything. Yeah, like he kind of he kind of views them as his property, I guess. Yeah, it's like I can't ha- I can't jeopardize all I've done by letting any of these exos escape. Yeah, makes sense Maybe. to me. I like how he waits until the very last moment to just get just crazy mad and do something about it. Yeah, like, because really what it is, now that I'm thinking about it, really what it is, destroying that ship is, like, the insurance policy because he's already got his plan in place to uh, convince the Vex to leave the planet. But if Elsie can get people off of the planet then she's free to destroy the planet. But if she can't get people off the planet, then he knows she's not going to do it. She's going to stay there and try to figure something else out. And uh, that's kind of why the next entry, uh, Recorded Memory, Recovered Memory of Unit 8, goes back again. Goes back to just after Elsie returned from uh, fighting that giant Vex Vex Hydra at the Glassway. And so, Elsie 2 is the only survivor from the Glassway, and she confronts her dying grandfather about evacuating the moon. Uh, remember how I said he was in a coma? She had him yeah. woken up from the coma to basically say, we need to evacuate everyone from the moon. And Clovis is like, yeah, sure, you can do that. Uh, but first, you need to wake up my exo. And so while he was saying that, the Clovis AI was actually demanding the exo be awoken. Awakened. 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 Woken? Yeah. <laughs> and uh this is three hours after the Glassway disaster. So it took her it took her that long to get from the Glassway to wherever Clovis's uh comatose body was being held. And uh she leaves saying that he'll regret this whether he lives or not, because he's currently alive even though he's in a coma. But in the process of becoming an exo, it's gonna actually kill him. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it's that whole: is he gonna be dead, or is he gonna be something else? Well, I, I think she might have. Uh, he did become something else. I think she yeah. might have been suggesting that, like, the process might might not stick or something along those lines. Like, it might not be. Uh, a guaranteed fix. At least that's how I, that's kind of how I uh, thought of it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because he just doesn't, he did, he won't, he, he what all this work to do what he was going to do. He wasn't going to do it until he was 100% sure in his own mind that it was going to work. So all of this collateral damage was justified it wouldn't matter because he would be basically resurrected as the Luca and then everything else would fall into place. Mm. So all of the casualties were were he didn't care. <laughs> he didn't care about any of it. Because it wouldn't matter in the new future. <laughs> it wouldn't matter in his new uh, universe world. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. 
the next one goes back back to the present with recovered memory of Mia 9. And so this is just after uh, after the ship exploded. With the ship destroyed and some of the exes dead, LCT was given up. But it was Clovis 1 who rallies everyone together. If they're going to go out, they're going to go out protecting... They're not going to go out protecting Clovis. They're going to do it by closing the gateway portal. So basically, their whole plan was get everyone off. Elsie's just going to destroy the planet, call it call it a day. Now that they're trapped there, they, they've kind of... Um, they've kind of just rallied behind the idea that, like, you know... Instead of letting the Vex get off-world, let's fight through the Vex, close the portal, and, and shut this whole thing down. Right. And uh, one thing I, I actually really liked in this uh, in this entry was this, um, Clovis 1 says, and it gets a little confusing because it's Clovis 1 talking about the Clovis AI uh, when Clovis woke me, he told me I was special. He said I had a powerful weapon for me, called me unstoppable, but that I needed my training first. And so that unstoppable weapon that he gave him was actually the lament, which is actually anti-barrier. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought like, I wonder yeah, if like the writers didn't know it was going to get anti-barrier when they wrote that line and what it yeah. would kind of imply. Yeah. <laughs> I gonna... feel so dumb. It took me almost a whole season to figure out how to uh, stun. What is it? Stun. Uh, stagger. Yeah, stagger and whatever. The... Unstoppable. Yeah. You didn't know how to stagger and unstoppable. No, it took just... me forever. I think I was like four or five weeks in before I realized. Whoa! I you gotta put tell... this. I just did the artifact and I was like, oh, okay, that's going to take care of it. I didn't have, yeah. I didn't socket it on my armor. You didn't even put this, the thing in your armor. <laughs> and then I, I got some staggers and I was like, how did I get those? And well, it was because I was using certain weapons that I had it already in it. Yeah. You know, like uh, Ariana's vow or. Well, Ariana. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just funny because. <laughs> but then again, if I look back on it, the first four weeks or whatever, I was just using blue gear because I didn't have any, you know, I was just trying to get up my power, get up my power. So yeah. I couldn't even yeah, I get any you. of those in instant delete. Now, I was going to say, because unstoppable, when you actually have it slotted unstoppable, like you have to aim down sights, don't shoot. And then yeah. it, like it pulses, it glows red. You shoot your unstoppable shot. It staggers them. Overload is the one that's a, a pain in the ass on anything that is not a bow. If it's if it's an overload bow, it's the easiest weapon to use in the world because every shot is an overload shot. If it's not a bow, it's like somewhere in this magazine there is an overload shot. Yeah, and then you'll you'll get like five seconds of overload buff, and your shots yeah. can potentially stagger. And it's like, oh, I did that no. with the scout rifle one. I didn't yeah. realize that there's like one bullet in there that's gonna do it. And I was like, why is it not working? But then it works all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to do um, because not this season, last season, I was going for the descendant title. I think it's called uh. And you needed the the uh, the Europa Law Sector on Master difficulty done, and I did Bunker E15. We it came up in this lore book, so it's topical. 
Uh, and have you, you know, that, that lost sector, right? It's the one with the little buddies coming to help you. And then you go and you fight the, the, the Hydra in the circular yeah. room. Yeah. And so I, I, I made my way slowly, carefully through that. And, uh, there's like anti-barriers. I had lament. And so I would, or whatever the hell I had, I it stunned them, take them out and I'm going to the boss room and the boss spawns and then two overload minotaurs spawn. And I'm just like running for my life around the corner from these minotaurs. And what I ended up doing was using dusk field grenades because in that season you had a uh, thermal overload where solar or stasis grenades, could stagger an overload champion and the great thing about them was they would stagger them slow them freeze them i'd break them out of their freeze and it would slow them and stagger them a second time and that's how long it i needed just to kill them in the first place okay (laughs) and it was it was like brutal fighting these guys and i remember i was in there for like across various attempts i was in there for like an hour and I got the second overload down and I'm like, I did it. All I have to do now is pop, take pop shots with the grenade launcher at the boss and I'll just chunk them, chunk them bit by bit down. And, uh, then a third overload spawned and killed me. <laughs> and I, I was in party chat with my friends doing it solo. And I'm like, I got this. I can't believe I got and was like screaming because a third overload came out of nowhere. And then, Another time, another attempt. I'm like, I'm ready for that third overload. It's not going to get me this time. And it turns out there were actually four overloads. <laughs> pain. So. so much pain. Uh, splintered. Thank you, uh, Ghost Rider. But yeah, that was that was such a thrilling and painful experience because a goddamn overload minotaurs man lc you should have this destroyed europa i don't even it was (laughs) so (laughs) frustrating no more (laughs) oh man you know that actually bothers me i want to i want to talk about this so the raid right you you go up into the, the orbital space station that's supposed to have that nuclear descent protocol and you go down and the nuclear descent destroys the planet and so in the raid, it's going down the nuclear student protocol, whatever is activated, but in the, uh, the section of the raid called descent, you turn off the nuclear explosions of it kind of because then Tanix just picks them back up and does it anyway. <laughs> but either way, you still have this giant space station crashing down on Europa and it's perfectly fine. You know, it's right. like, yeah, it's it's right. solid. It can take the impact. When when in the collector's edition, they first started talking about Europa, they were just like, you have to be careful landing your ships. If you go too hard, you're going to fall right through the surface. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, and which is it? It's hard enough to take the impact of a freaking orbital space station. Yeah. That's funny. That is... <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they pick and choose things sometimes. Uh, where were we? Uh, recovered memory and jolly and jolly. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 
Uh, so this is actually extending into the next day. We are now at June 4th, 1 a.m. Uh, an 80s movie montage of Clovis One training was too high budget, so they wrote it in the lore instead. But he was successful, and turned out he's probably the strongest exo there would ever be because he's Clovis. When the training is completed, a cabinet is unlocked with the Lament Sword and the Pulse Rifle known as the Stranger's Rifle, No Time to Explain, No Time to Explain. Clovis, Clovis insists on Elsie taking the rifle. The Clovis AI reveals that Elsie tried to destroy the portal once before and offers her her full memories in exchange not to destroy it now. Elsie lies and says she won't destroy it. <clears throat> and so um, the reason I called it the uh, Stranger's Rifle No Time to Explain No Time to Explain is because we had the Stranger's Rifle, we had our first No Time to Explain, and now we have a different No Time to Explain because technically the first one that I mentioned isn't actually her rifle at all. It's a rifle built by Pradith, modeled after her rifle. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The one we have now is actually her rifle again. Well, because yeah, because if yeah, because it no longer is her rifle when Pradith pulled it out of that instance and Well, no, he built it from scrap parts. Yeah, but where did he get the parts? I don't know. I mean, he he, he had... <laughs> Are you just saying that? Are you saying that uh Pradith built Fate of All Fools also? Uh, oh. Open, oh, open your inventory and tell me how many weapon parts you have in there. <laughs> I guess you go, you're you, right. You, you going around with zero weapon parts? No, you got like a thousand because you don't want to cash those in. Okay, so okay, so Banshee forty four was there all along. <laughs> <laughs> Banshee forty four was Savathun the entire time. Yeah, there you go. But I thought it was He's... interesting that the stranger's rifle was actually originally meant for Clovis. That is weird, especially. Especially because if it's the stranger's rifle that we got in Beyond Light and it was meant to react the same way it was intended for Clovis, that means Clovis had ambitions of actually his exo using stasis. Mm. Because the you new one now, it's like you get a stasis long. kill, the little buddy comes out. That's true. Wait, does it come out with a stasis kill too? How else would it come out? I thought that was how it came out. I thought it was just... Maybe I'm missing something. I thought it was just uh, pulling it from a portal. I guess so, maybe. But I thought it was... I, I thought the bullets were coming from a different instance. Yeah, no, that's I, what I mean. That's what I mean. But to trigger to trigger the different instance buddy, you have to get a kill... With, with or assisted by stasis, I thought. Like, you could yeah, slow an enemy the and then kill them, and you'll get the buddy. I get the buddy just from killing things. Just from killing? I don't use the gun, to be honest. I got the uh, I got the catalyst, well, I got, and I stopped using it. I, You know, I use stasis for, like, a day. Oh, I love stasis. Stasis is I mean, fun. it's cool. It's cool, but I, and I, then I used that gun for a while. Uh, no, I got a stasis cool. one. I thought I had a stasis thing. I have these little... You know, Yeah, these these kunai things. That's oh, arc though, it's cool. not stasis. Yeah. It's really cool. Little throwing knives. Yeah. Just more things that I have to hang up that I will never end up hanging up. 
You need a one day your whole entire wall to be pegboard. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna start moving it that way. But you know, you gotta paint the pegboard first, or get a pegboard that looks good, so it's not yeah. like brown wall. Old. Yeah, yeah. Let's paint it, paint it, paint it wall color. Yeah, just. Wild. Oh, it's from Chaining Crits. Thank you again, Ghost Rider. See, I don't. Especially lately, I I'm I mean I'm I'm still reading the lore regularly, and like thinking things and and etc. But I haven't been playing the game much lately because I've just been <laughs> all about um, Monster Hunter Rise right now. I forgot what I was playing before Monster Hunter Rise. I was playing something else that took a lot of time out of my out of my day. Either you way. know, you know, um, this season, uh, my wife and I have played the seasonal stuff more than any of the other seasons. Oh, I loved it. The season, the season, the story, the gameplay, everything was amazing. It's just, yeah. I, I like to take like a healthy break. No, 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 game. that's totally, yeah, yeah. But we don't, we can't get through the content. That really? We, yeah, no, I can't. I'm, I'm the casual, you know, I get like mm-hmm. an hour or two every day and I don't, so I can only get so far. Like I'll do all the bounties for the day and do like a daily thing and then, you know, but the proving grounds, uh, that's been great, man. It's just so much fun. I don't know mm-hmm. why either, because it, I mean, I guess if you did it a thousand times, you'd probably be pretty sick of it. But for me, who's only done it like a hundred times, yeah, it's still fun. No, I never um, got sick of it. I did it quite a bit. I mean, maybe not a thousand times, but I did it quite a bit, and I, I never got yeah. sick of it. It was more so just like I got everything I wanted from it, and I was like, "Wow, man, my RNG is pretty friendly to me," so I'm kind of tapping out now. <laughs> Not me, man. I'm like stuck at uh, thirteen, nineteen, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Twelve. What is the stupid light cap? Power cap. Uh, thirteen, ten, and then but you then got you your like, with artifact. Yeah. yeah, with your artifact. Artifact, you go as high as you want. I'm at thirteen, nineteen right now. Just low for me. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, higher than me. Uh, a, the funny thing is, is that since Beyond Light has come out. Mm-hmm. I've played Solar uh, more than anything else. Solar used to be my favorite. Yeah, it was mine too. And D1, it was all I ever did. I mean, yeah. I was a gunslinger up and down. Yeah, I was like annoyed when the people would be like, can you not? <laughs> like, uh, no, I want to no, fucking use my gun, man. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. But then when for a uh, good time. the Void Bow came out, I was a Night Stalker forever. And then mm. I was a Night Stalker when Destiny 2 came out forever. Mm-hmm. And then so when this... Beyond Light came out, I put up my bow for a while, and I just ended up being a gunslinger all over again. Because I, I like stasis, but I don't like it uh, as much as everything else. Gunslinger. Mm-hmm. It made me appreciate gunslinger so much more this season. Well, that's good. Hopefully they yeah. hopefully they give the, a light treatment that makes it like super viable. That, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... At the end of the previous entry, I didn't I didn't mention it yet. Uh, Clovis Bray in in uh, offering up Elsie her memories. He's also like, I'd be stupid not to help you guys, but you know, don't destroy the portal, right? Like, I'll give you this if you don't destroy the portal, but I'll also give you guns so you don't just waste your right, lives. Like I still need you. Yeah, <laughs> I like that guns is an offered up. That's like the whole guardian yeah obsession. <laughs> And so it continues into uh, Recovered Memory No. 2. 
and uh, led by Clovis one, and I put a little asterisk and Elsie two asterisks. The surviving Exos fight the Vex, pushing them further and further back to the Glassway portal. They all die several times. That's why they were asterisks. Uh, Clovis two died forty-two times. Some died and were recreated so many times that their information got corrupted and couldn't be brought back. Yeah. With the giant Hydra defeated, sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> With the giant Hydra defeated, Clovis moves to destroy the portal for good, but Elsie stops him. She now feels that they deserve to live forever, they earned it, and if the portal goes, that immortality stands a chance of running out. They instead decide to shut it down for good, but leave it standing, hoping nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And so throughout this throughout this lore book, you have numbers counting up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, up to 43 symbolizing Clovis ascending all the way up to Clovis 43. And then it says with Clovis 43's final strike, the blade shattered into pieces talking about lament. He doesn't care. The deed is done. So he, he fucked his, uh, he fucked his sword up. Yeah. And this was relative, uh, relevant. Wait, what is the word? Revelatory for us reading it as, as in, you know, Lauren, the very first time because we were like, oh, Banshee. Yeah, the next entry. I didn't even notice it until the next entry. I was just like, (laughs) I was like, wow, Clovis 43. I wonder what he's up to. (laughs) 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 He's out there somewhere living his life. Uh, That really, yeah, that would, (laughs) you go like a whole week without even thinking about it was 44. Wait, there's another 44 somewhere in this game. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, it ends on Clovis 43, and I was just like, that's a high number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't occur to me that it could be anything else, especially with... um. So, Clovis 43 in this, you know. Clo- uh, so, let me actually read what it says. As the final piece of the monstrous Hydra hits the ground, we burst into cheers, the very few of us that remain. Dr. Bray let me do the honors. After all, I was there when it started. The command runs, the portal shuts off, we did it. And now we destroy it, Clovis 43 says. He wants it gone for good. No, Dr. Bray says. What? I thought she would agree. You know what this did, it has to go. Clovis, you, me, and every other Exo, we deserve the life we were promised. If this portal falls and we die, we lose that life. And if we're gone and the Vex find some other way back, humanity is doomed. So let's shut it down. Hell, let's swallow the damn key. But the portal stays. Clovis 43 sighs. I hope I don't live to regret this. Same goes, she says sincerely. And so Clovis 43 is very lucid, you know? (laughs) Which right. makes me wonder, in the next entry, uh, just to kind of say what happens in the next entry, but without getting into the next entry, that's when he becomes Banshee 44. He, he, wants, he wants a fresh start. He doesn't want to be Clovis anymore. He wants to be himself, and the only way he can do that is with a full wipe, which means Elsie would lose her grandfather. And he also decides to call himself Banshee, which was a nickname given to him when he was using the sword. Uh, lament right so and then lament the name for lament you know comes from a greek expression for grief or sorrow huh. and so this is like banshee or this is like clovis is 
Clovis 43 realizing or having to come to terms. And this is his uh, lament. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like poetic, right? So the name of the sword ends up being lament because it's from that time when Clovis 43 was having to make this hard decision. Yeah. But so as I was, as I was going through this again today, when I got to this point, Clovis 43 saying, I hope I don't live to regret this. And Elsie saying, same goes. It made me think. Clovis went through all these resets and he's still entirely lucid. I'd imagine Elsie went through several uh, similar or possibly even more because Clovis's exo was built to fight. Elsie's wasn't. She just did it anyway. So like, how is it that the last reset from Banshe from Clovis forty three to Banshee forty four that Banshee just lost his mind. You know, it it didn't it didn't add up. And so when I when I read this and I, I I'm I'm seeing I hope I don't live to regret this. It made me think, could this actually be the source of Elsie's loop? Because if you don't know, Elsie is stuck in a loop. Every time she dies or makes it to the end. She gets thrown all the way back to when Cade was becoming the Vanguard. So way back in, you know, like post-Dark Ages, like City Ages, before we were even resurrected, she gets thrown back to then. And it made me think, is it possible that Banshee44 is also stuck in this loop? Is he consciously getting sent back time and time again when it, when he dies or reaches the end of the loop? Which in Elsie's case was when she has to kill her own sister because her sister went dark in the end. And so Elsie is Elsie Bray. She has the mind of Elsie Bray. She can... She can be in this loop and she can understand it and she can try to break it down. And she has apparently just discovered a way to keep her memories through the loops. And she did that pretty early on by the sound of it. Whereas Banshee is no longer Clovis. He might be smart. He might be kind because of who he grew to be, not who he was originally. But he isn't Clovis anymore. He doesn't have these memories of like scientific problem solving and all these teachings that he, he he had before he's base model Clovis. And it made me wonder if he's stuck in a loop, would that like drive him insane and just completely shut his brain off? Like see, I had a, I had a different thought. I thought that, okay. In um, the exo strangers happenings or her instances, that's true for Clovis uh, all the way up until that point. And then, when she gets thrown back to, you know, the beginning of her loop, mm-hmm. the, cl- the the Banshee 44 happens for us and he just continues on in our timeline. But the other, you know, the Clovis 43 just starts over again. And it's a part of that whole storyline or that loop that's constantly happening. So there's like a, di- there's a divergence happening where Banshee 44 becomes Banshee 44 in our our instance in our reality or our perfect timeline or our groundhog okay. day. You know what I mean? Okay. And then hers, she goes back and then he just, it's a part of that again. So every time Banshee, or I'm sorry, Clovis 43 is always there, mm-hmm. but Banshee 44 is the divergent point where he becomes Banshee 44 and is a totally different thing. Deprived of all of the memories and instances that 43 had before he was allowed to just 
Because so, if you think about that and he has to erase all of that memory, that's a part of the degradation that he's having to deal with and the memory loss because now he's having these little fragments pop up in and, in and out of his mind whenever something new happens. He's like, huh, what was that? Or there was a girl, I remember her name or whatever. You know, he yeah. had that line in D1. There was somebody, I remember her face, but nothing else. You know, whatever yeah, see, that line was. See, that's, that's, that's kind of what I mean where I think – I think the loop point of reset at when Kate, for whatever reason, reset at when Cade became Vanguard is true for both Elsie and Banshee 44. And it's the trauma of Banshee living through these loops, not, not even understanding what's happening exactly. Just like having those like deja vu moments where like now Cade's still alive to him because even if Cade's dead now live through the loop, Cade's alive again. You know, live through the loop. Cade's alive again. Cade dies. Cade's alive again. Cade, maybe this was the first time Cade's ever died. Maybe Cade always made it to the end. You know, like so many, he's got all these loops packed tightly in his brain that he can't actually comprehend them. And so they kind of just trickle out, you know, like, like things like how you said, I remember her face, things like that. That, That's kind of what made me think. Well, you know, there's that thing, too, where if you go back in time and you alter the timeline you're living in, mm-hmm. if you alter your previous time, it affects the future when you go back. And so, like, you know, birds are fish and fish are birds, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You go back to the Jurassic period, you sneeze, and then everybody, you know, is a lizard in the future. I don't know. But, like, so maybe the little things that are happening to Banshee that he's having his little memories that are popping up for him. Maybe it's because of a corrected timeline. Maybe it's because in our instance, some of the things that have happened from Elsie manipulating uh, hmm. her loop, those are popping up now for us or for him, you know, because he's like the conduit to that because <laughs> somehow he's still slightly connected because he's a part of that loop, but not yeah. a part of that loop. And he's in the instant. Yeah, so I, I, him, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I just disagree. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was using an analogy that's kind of a little difficult, but I was, I'm no, no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's yeah. just I, I, I think, in my opinion, the only way that it makes sense for Banshee to be in the state that he's in is for him to actually to go from Clovis forty three being lucid to Banshee forty four not being lucid whatsoever. There has to be some form of new trauma that existed for Banshee forty four, and it made me wonder. If it happened for Elsie, could it also be happening for for Banshee? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you, if I mean, you look at you, it, that you way, can disagree. That's, that's fine. I'm, 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 I I have no authority on any of this. I'm just saying. I mean, it could all well, change. No one does. <laughs> well, I know that's what I'm saying. It could change on a dime, but yeah. For for me in my mind, I just can't help but think that, like it. In order for Banshee to 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 do what he's got to do to become Banshee, right? He has mm-hmm. to abandon all of that crap that happened before. And so I just think that it's like a poetic thing because lament shows that in order for me to go on, I got to forget all this crap. Uh, yeah. So I need it all wiped away. And oh yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, but but I like the idea of. Clovis 43 still being a part of that loop and so these little pop-ups are happening for him in his mind because he's still somewhat tethered to that even in even though he's in our reality and our timeline 
he is he is Clovis forty four. He's just Banshee forty four. So he's yeah. got these little fragments, yeah, just popping up in his mind because Elsie, next a stranger, whatever, is manipulating the time, trying to find a perfect time of events. She's in Groundhog Day. She's trying to make it perfect so mm-hmm. that the outcome in the future will be uh, an optimal one that we can use and exploit to get rid of the darkness or whatever yeah. baddies are here. Yeah, no, I, I, I get I get what you're saying. Fancy 44 is probably my favorite character in the entire game. He always has been. When I modeled my EXO originally, I tried to make my EXO look as much like him. That's, that's pretty cool. How'd it come out? Uh, well, I don't have spikes on my head, but I got everything else. There's a spikes option, isn't there? Not with the thing on my head. No. Uh, you have you something need- else on your head. Yeah. <laughs> you the yeah it's weird that... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you can look kind of like Cade, but not. Yeah. You can look kind of like... Cade's Nancy. horn is different. It's weird that they have these like options to be almost there yeah they did that on purpose they don't want you to look exactly like someone else i don't see any i don't see the harm in it personally but um since we kind of skipped over it to talk about that theory uh the next entry is is really short uh clovis and elsie were able to save some of the lost survivors uh some of the lost and evacuate the survivors off europa and now as they're getting ready to leave themselves there's one last thing to do shut down the clovis ai (laughs) haha <laughs> sucker yeah and he was he, he was like you don't have to do this clovis one and and uh, clovis 43 says it's 43 now and my name isn't clovis not anymore yeah. so like he, he'd already decided he wanted to be banshee at that point which is which is nice he he, he got a happy ending the, the clovis ai does not deserve a happy ending he only the only reason why he came back is because we we went on that fucking ship, set off the security alarms, it, it turned him back on. Now we got to deal with this big floating head now. Uh, I'm surprised Elsie doesn't turn him back off, you know, because like they turned him off because he's a threat to people. He could he could he could charm people into into doing things for him, and that's exactly what he did with us. So yeah. it seems kind of like Elsie turn him back off again, <laughs> right? Unless she sees something that could potentially be optimal for us. Yeah, maybe. By allowing it to happen so much. You know, that's a whole area down there that's just it's beautiful. And huh. I, I need more involvement with that. <laughs> Even if we have to go backwards through it in some stupid mission hmm. later on. Yeah, they need like to they- utilize spaces like that more. Like, I don't care if I'm just going through it. You know, it's, it's there. <laughs> Use yeah. it. And I don't the, want it, it felt like they used to do that a lot with D one. Come back or a bounty or whatever. I want it to be like a mission. Yeah, yeah. Like in, in D, I, I feel like they used to do that in D one a lot more, where they were like, "We have this space, and there's this big door here, and you're not going to know what's behind that door for like a year. But a year from now, there's going to be a mission where you're going to go through the space you rarely ever go through, and you're going to do that because that big door is going to be open." Yeah, I think about the Cosmodrome and how many yeah. damn times did we go <laughs> through the, what, what was it, the uh, the grotto, you know, golly, yeah. dude, it was like five missions that went through the grotto and the whole raising, 
Oryx on the earth, his heart and his soul and his hands and his feet and his back and his shoes, whatever. Then we had to go all over the planet, every every freaking planet to find pieces of him. But yeah, we went into the Cosmodrome <laughs> backwards, upside down, left, right, everywhere. Yeah. Why can't we do that on another planet? We're doing it again because the Proving Ground. All right. Well, I think that's it for uh, this week's show, right? Yeah. An- anything more to say? No, that was a good one. Yeah, I agree. All right, sorry for the interruptions. Yeah, no, we, we kept it going. It's it's perfectly fine. Our next show is going to be on the 9th, a, uh, May 9th. Oh, you know what? Uh, never mind. I thought it would be funny if uh, we could actually be on the same day that everything happened. Uh, I got to remember that. It was like June 3rd. You can tweet about that. What? When when the Vex attacks Europa. Oh. The June third is Banshee's birthday. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we gotta remember that. I'm gonna forget it. Someone someone remember it. That's hilarious. He's a Gemini. It's a June actually, I mean it's a, it's a pens. June third is is Clovis One's awakening day. But the day he told he shut down Clovis was June thirteenth. Mm. And that's the day that he decided to be Banshee. So was he June thirteenth or June fourteenth he became Banshee? June thirteenth. June thirteenth, he he decided he was Banshee. Was it a Friday? It was a Sunday. <laughs> well, I don't know what year it was in. That's what I'm saying. Was it a Friday? <laughs> See, if they gave us the day, if they gave us the day of the week, we could try to actually pinpoint when this. Oh, happened. then we could have the whole. The, they won't do that because then we could just map everything from that. Yeah. Be like okay, now so. we've unlocked we've unlocked the destiny timeline that our screens open up and we can actually go into destiny and be our guardians. <laughs> That's... I've seen the black edge. <laughs> yeah, so our next show will be on May 9th. Uh we're probably gonna uh uh talk about Mika Abrams unless something else interesting comes up. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a little event to wrap it up. Who knows? Well, that isn't until the week after, isn't it? Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, no, no. Actually, you're right. You're right. That is the week of. Maybe we'll be talking about something else. You got it right. Hmm. I think. Got something right for once. All right. Well, hope uh, you enjoyed watching or listening. Uh, if you want to find more of us, I almost forgot about this. If you want to find more of us, more information, ask us anything, you can find us on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show. And uh, that's it. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Bye.